Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Do you ever have this experience? Uh, there's something you've never heard of. You're living your life oblivious to whatever that thing is, and you're fine. And then suddenly... Within a week, you suddenly hear about this thing everywhere you turn. It seems like everybody is talking about it. It might be TikTok, might be Ted Lasso, uh, but more recently, it's ChatGPT. Everybody seems to be talking about ChatGPT and artificial intelligence. If you're a university student, you probably know all about it. ChatGPT is an app which uh, just launched this past November. It uses artificial intelligence to scan the internet, sort it out, decide what the key points are, and use that information to generate content, really sophisticated content in a way that is uh, nearly impossible to tell that it was not written by an actual human being. It's artificial intelligence at a, at a much higher level than, say, when you're on a, a car dealer's website and a chat bot is trying to answer your questions about setting up your next service appointment. Uh, and this past Tuesday, Canada's Privacy Commissioner announced an investigation of OpenAI. That's the company that launched this new app, citing privacy concerns. Because when accessing information to use to make this content... Chat GPT will use whatever is out there. Might be something you've written. But another concern is coming from universities and other schools. Chat GPT is literally made to research and create essays for 20 bucks a month. That could save a student a lot of time, if you don't mind, you know, a little cheating. But its effects on education are much more than that. And with me now is Alpha Abebe, an assistant professor in the Faculty of Humanities at McMaster University, and Fenella Amarasinga, a PhD candidate at the uh, Faculty of Education, York University, Canada. Thanks for being here, you guys. I'll, I'll start with you, Alpha. Uh, sure. First off, uh, you heard how I described to chat GPT. Uh, did it seem accurate to you? What am I missing? Yeah, no, I think I think you did a really great job of, um, you know, breaking it down in layman's terms. I think part of the challenge that a lot of uh, people are having um, in trying to generate public discussion about this tool and platform is that it, it can seem very convoluted and technical. So I think it's really important and helpful to to break it, break it down in the way that you did. And I, I think it's a lot more than just uh, students using the technology to create essays, but uh, I think a lot of people will hear about this technology and just assume that students will just cheat if you give them a chance. But it's more nuanced than that, isn't it? It is more nuanced than that. I think, I think that's, that sort of panic around academic integrity has certainly been the loudest you know, in terms of uh, the conversation right now with regards to, you know, the impact on post-secondary education and education more generally. Um, but the, there is a, a much more nuanced conversation about 
you know, just the broader impacts of technology um, and education, which is a conversation that began before this technology emerged. Um, and then with regards to this particular tool, um, how, you know, as it gets more and more integrated into to the way that all of us navigate through the world. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, uh, intervening in, in our lives um, very quickly. And I think we're going to be coming, you know, f- uh, very familiar with this tool, these kind of capabilities um, very quickly. And so as it becomes part of the way that we just navigate the world and, you know, navigate education, what other impacts might it have in terms of, you know, the kinds of skills that um, it might develop and the kinds of skills that maybe it might hinder. Right. And I, I'll get Fenella into the conversation. Um, let's talk about some of those, some of those impacts that artificial intelligence, uh, is going to have on us. Cause I guess one of the concerns is that if a lot of content is being made that we're dealing with, like a lot of people talk about lawyers, you know, like you could have an artificial intelligence, uh, generated lawyer. Um, it's using stuff from the internet. So it's taking, I guess, whatever the, is the loudest voice and that's not necessarily a good thing is it yeah i mean certainly uh th- that's one of the, the the big questions is you know the degree to which uh this is going to spread misinformation um and the question about where the content is coming from it's not necessarily accessing um you know journal uh articles that are peer-reviewed because those are behind paywalls um, and so a lot of the content that it's accessing is sort of publicly available, and that isn't necessarily uh, coming from um, credible or uh, peer-reviewed, rigorous uh, research um, or sources of information. And so, um, and, and oftentimes when the content is generated, it's, it's not citing uh, the sources either, or if they are, it's, it's not correct or accurate. Uh, some of the content is quite nonsensical. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a, a lot of um, issues with with accuracy and, and truth and misinformation, disinformation, which has already been an issue on the internet for quite some time, and it's just sort of um, amplifying that that problem. Um, and then, of course, uh, there's also, as you said, just the the, the problem of. Uh, loudest voices being um, some of the, the the key content that's being generated, um, and so underrepresented voices may not um, also be uh, represented in in whatever is generated uh, in relation to a particular prompt. Right, and I, I guess uh, Alpha, that might be something that that's very concerning because the loudest voices are usually, I guess, English white voices. Exactly. And and this is, um, you know, I think, again, one of the silver linings of, the, of what's happened over the last, you know, um, few months is that um, we have more people participating in the public debate about just technology in general. Um, but one of the the critiques of, you know, AI more generally in this particular tool in particular um, is that uh, is the extent to which it is, as Mel was saying, amplifying pre-existing issues, including um uh, the the platforming and deplatforming of particular perspectives. So uh, there are lots of very important debates happening about the intersection of equity uh, and uh, artificial intelligence, or you know, lar- large language models that are an important part of the conversation. And I think, you know, I know we'll, we'll probably get to a discussion about 
the educational space more specifically. And so I think students need to also be aware of that, that this is not just neutral information, but actually it has, um, there are some particular equity considerations that we need to be thinking about when understanding whose perspectives we're hearing and whose perspectives we're not. Yeah, it's a very complicated thing. It's it's not just a computer spewing out essays, but I guess I'll, I'll throw this out to both of you. Maybe we'll start with Alpha, but uh, how serious a problem is just the basic thing of, of students cheating? Because it's 20 bucks a month, I think, U.S. to to get this chat GPT. How serious a problem is using it to cheat? Um, I mean, uh, my personal preference is, is kind of broadening the the question and and thinking, because I think when we start with that um, as the primary concern, it really narrows our scope uh, in terms of, you know, both the, you know, legitimate issues and problems, um, but also just the broader change that we're seeing and the broader questions that we should be asking. So, um, you know, at this point, there is still a free, you know, version of it. So it's it's not even at the point. I mean, the, the access is quite wide. Um, and university administrations and individual educators are absolutely um, focused and, and zeroed in on the issue of academic integrity and cheating. We certainly, we just do not have the data yet to understand, you know, how much of an actual problem it is um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's all happened so quickly. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's reasonable to assume that a, a significant or, or a number um, who knows at this stage what number, a number of students are using it. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that, uh, at least from my perspective, and I think there is a range of perspectives on this. From my perspective, I think there are ways to use it that don't necessarily cross ethical lines as far right. as academic integrity. The question is, we're all still grappling with what that line is. And so that's something that universities are still sorting out. Some universities um, have come out right at the gate and banned it. Um, other universities are in the process of sorting out what their policies are and trying to integrate it into their academic integrity policy, you know, policies and procedures. Um, and of course, there are also um, there are also everyday emerging technologies um, promising to help to detect and and you know catch uh, plagiarism um, uh, that might be generated from these tools. And so, you, but you know that technology is still quite nascent, so um, it's not quite incorporated into the university um, you know, system just yet, but that's probably on the horizon as well. And how about you, Fenella? I, I guess one of the things is there's new software that can detect it, too, but what are your thoughts, Fenella? Yeah, um, I think to add on to what Alpha's saying here, there's, there's ChatGPT has come about um, it, it, together with the confluence of other factors, right? So we, we've come off of a pandemic where we were uh, teaching online or learning online for quite some time. Um, students came back and there are a lot of students who were questioning the um, degree to which they need to be in person for all of their classes, the value of a uh, higher education degree, why they need to be, uh, especially for commuter campuses like York University, University of Toronto, uh, Toronto Metropolitan University, for instance, um, students are traveling from distances to come to class. And so there's been a lot of sort of pushback or questioning about um, why they, they need to be there for, for all of their classes, particularly if they're mostly lecture based. For a long time, students have been signaled that, you know, by society, by universities, that the key kind of um, impetus for pursuing a degree is to uh, get a job after graduation. And so there's also the question of sort of 
what is the value, the inherent value of higher education in and of itself without the kind of uh, once you graduate, you get a job or not. And um, I think that it, it, once it becomes sort of a, a checkbox to get a job, there's a question about how I can bypass some of these things in order to, to get to the end end goal, the, you know, the finish line. Um, right. And then there's also like rising tuition, there's like rising mental health crisis, things of that nature. Um, and, and so, you know, when there's a lot of pressure uh, at the institution, students are also going to look for ways to try and alleviate some of that pressure. Um, faculty are also experiencing burnout um, and, and a lot of, you know, increased workload, um, things of that nature. So there's there are just a lot of things happening at the at the universities uh, across Canada, across the globe that I think um, really uh, make this this question of chat GPT um, more than uh, more complex than than just about cheating um, and, and the impact of AI. Right. And that kind of brings me to my next question. Alpha, uh, uh, Fenella kind of touched on this, but education in general, uh, do you think AI and, and the internet in, in general, with all the information that's available to us and the, I think they're called MOOCs, the, these free courses, and some of them are quite high level that you can just access online. Do you think that, uh, the model for post-secondary post-secondary education is going to change and what people are going to question why they have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars for a degree they are questioning that they, they certainly are um and i think there are legitimate questions um you know i i do hope that the model changes we've had a pretty static model for a long time in the face of very rapid social change technological change so i don't think we can afford to not change um, and there have been, you know, slow conversations and, and experimentation around what those changes might look like. But I think what this um, specific technological development is doing is really accelerating some of those conversations and putting some urgency around it. And part of what Fenella and I have been thinking about in, in our work together um, is, is just being really um, prudent about making sure that students are at the center of those conversations. So I think um, some of what we observed um, early on in the last few months is that there was so much excitement as well, right? Because, I mean, if anyone has not played with the tool... Um, you know, if, once you do play with a tool, you realize it, it's, it's incredible, right? There's, there's a lot, it's a lot of challenges, um, but also a lot of possibilities. Um, and so there's, there's been a lot of excitement about the possibilities, including pedagogical and educational possibilities, but also a lot of fear. Um, and so I think that's created a bit of an impulse to kind of hunker down as, as educators and, and, and administrators and at, you know, in educational institutions and figure out this problem. But I think, you know, um, some of that, you know, urgency maybe has, you know, put us in a position where we're forgetting to actually engage students in those conversations. They have a lot to say. They're more than just consumers. They're, they're important stakeholders in this. And, um, and so, you know, I think that the models of education more broadly and post-secondary education in particular do need to change. But I, you know, we are particularly interested in a process of change that involves, you know, student perspectives really driving that conversation. Right. And Fenella, in 30 seconds or less, how positive are you about artificial uh, intelligence in education? <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's a big question. The, the I don't know about 30 ticking. seconds or less. <laughs> I, I think that 
uh, I'm positive about the fact that the conversation is is happening and that we are having critical dialogue about what's happening in our in our world, in society in general around AI, and then how it's impacting um, education. I, I think higher education has no choice but to um, to respond to this. And hopefully, my I think our hope, uh, Alpha and I, is that um, universities become less reactive and more okay. kind of leaders in this. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.